Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, let's get this thing started. Looks like people are starting to file in. Uh, for the people that don't know us, Rusty Mansell, Kip Adams, I'm Jordan Hill. Uh, we are with Dogs 247 covering Georgia football. Uh, yeah, we wanted to have this Twitter space to have a chance to talk about the start of fall camp. Obviously, this is a big one for Georgia coming off of a national championship. We wanted to have this opportunity to let people come on, kind of get a chance to ask us questions, You know, see what we're all about. I want to make sure, too, and shout out to the people that are already on our message board. Obviously, we appreciate y'all's support and uh, excited to keep bringing you guys up. And also want to spread the word about the message board, uh, about Dogs 247. Want more people to come on board uh, and have a chance to see what we're doing on a daily basis. So that's sort of the point of this Twitter, uh, you know, space to have people come on board, both – those of the uh, those out there that are already on our message board, and also people we want to see hop on and, and join it with the rest of them. Uh, so we'll kind of just get started with, uh, you know, I figured how we'll do this is Rusty, Kip, and I will talk a little bit about what we've seen and what we've heard so far about camp, and then we'll turn it over kind of to you guys. Let let you guys ask questions. Uh, once we get to that point, I'll, I'll kind of bring it up. Uh, but you guys can raise your hands, uh, request to speak, uh, ask a few questions, um, and just get a chance to kind of, you know, see what we uh, have gotten to see, uh, you know, and, and try to share with you guys what insight we have so far. Although it's still really early in fall camp, but um, had a chance, you know, obviously to see this team in the spring and getting, you know, a better and better feel uh, about what is coming down the pipe as they get ready for September 3rd against Oregon. Uh, so, Rusty, I'll kind of turn it over to you just for a few minutes. Just, you know, you've, you've been uh, all over our message board and all over the site just sharing sort of tidbits and what you've been feeling, what you've been hearing so far. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what you've heard so far, just generally with fall camp as Georgia's getting ready, um, you know, getting closer and closer to that opening game? I think Jordan? you kind of want to emphasize it's real early in fall camp. So, you, you look at what you hear about the summer workouts and, you know, kind of who are those freshmen and who are those young guys that are catching on a little quicker? You know, I always bring up the, the subject of Jordan Davis. You know, Jordan Davis going into August was kind of a freshman year. It wasn't a guy that they were counting on. But as the year went on, things picked up. And by the end of the bye week and going into the Florida game, the second half of the season, Jordan Davis was a big piece of the puzzle all the way until his career was over. So I think people don't need to overreact. 
uh, get worried about first few days, kind of the summer things, uh, kind of lay that out there. But, you know, the, the, the kids that have been consistent things I've heard about always get asked about the new guys. So I kind of start on that topic is young man, Michael Williams out of Columbus, Georgia. Michael, I've known him for two and a half years now. And I always tell the real quick story. Uh, Georgia Elite Classic game I'm involved with uh, up in Rome. It's an all-star game. And, you know, Michael had probably 35 or 40 offers as a junior, you know, and, and the kid wants to play in the game. I'm like, Michael, that's your choice, man. But you don't have to do anything. You don't have to prove anything here. And he comes in that week, practices his ass off. Uh, and I knew that week after that game that he was elite. He backed it up uh, with a performance in San Antonio. In my opinion, he was the best player in Texas last year. Uh, and, that, and that's a game full of, you know, future pro players. So it doesn't surprise me to hear his name mentioned early on. I think they're just going to find a way for him to play. And I expect as the season goes on, you're going to see him more and more because he can play five technique. He can play outside linebacker. They do different things with him. But he's always had the comparison. And I'm very cautious about those comparisons with things. But because you put you start talking about Michael. And Trayvon Walker, obviously that comparison with body size, athleticism, the really the makeup of those two young men. I've covered both of them. And, you know, those two kids were more about football than they were recruiting. So, uh, you know, there, there's those intangibles about those two guys. So they get compared a lot. But Michael's the guy you hear a lot. I expect him to play some. I think just talking to some people the last couple of days, and I always want to wait a couple of days, you know, after the first couple of days to see what you hear. But I think Branson Robinson's a guy that's really showing people that, you know, he's not a stiff, lumbering, you know, just a, a, a muscle-bound type back. This guy's got some twitchiness to him, uh, uses his hands well, catches the ball out of the backfield. Obviously, a big, powerful human being that's coming to Athens to play for Del McGee. And, and I'm pretty sure if Del McGee could have ever join us or Del McGee was ever to speak publicly. I mean, Branson Robinson was probably his number one target last year, regardless of rankings or anything else. That was his guy from the start. He went in Mississippi and got him. So you look at the depth at Georgia and we always talk about them rotating backs. They're always going to rotate backs and that's part of their sale and recruit. And it's been very successful with them. But Branson Robinson's a guy that, he may be taking some minutes from some people down the line, so we'll keep an eye on him. And one more position I want to mention, I know we're going to talk a lot about this, but obviously opposite of Keely Ringo, um, I think, and, and it's a my fault, I hadn't mentioned him enough. Uh, you know, you look at Kamari Lassiter, uh, you look at Dalen Everett, a guy that, you know, these guys were highly recruited players like all these kids at Georgia. Uh, but Nylon Green's a kid that was, a five, I believe, a five-star prospect. And, you know, I've seen him several times, long, lengthy guy uh, coming out of Newton out of high school. And, you know, this is a guy that the light started to cut on for a little bit. He's got all the physical attributes at, at lockdown, you know, big, long, can run, corner. Uh, it takes time sometimes. But sounds like Nylon Green, don't write him off just yet on that sitting on that opposite of Keely Ringo. And I did get one text before we came on here. This is, if you don't know, this is the time of year that the NFL scouts do their work because they get in these camps and they get to watch their initial paperwork. They don't follow these kids. They don't know these kids really until they're draft eligible. And, and that's crazy for people to think about, but they don't care what you were, who you were, what stars you are. They don't care about any of that stuff. They start looking at you when you start becoming draft eligible. And three guys, I was told three guys that the scouts in the last week or so that had been there really, really 
have taken a liking to is Broderick Jones, Keely Ringo, and Darnell Washington. I thought that was interesting. Uh, so it tells you, you see that big guy running around out there and what type of frame he is. So we'll just tuck that away for a later day. But the scouts are in and out, and I'll talk to some of those guys you know, over the next couple of weeks. Got a couple of good sources there. They always give me good information. And when I stood on the table for Trayvon early on, and I kept saying, Trayvon Walker, Trayvon Walker, there was people telling me there was some pub. This guy could be a first-rounder and ultimately ended up the number one overall pick. Yeah, Rusty, I wanted to jump, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the freshmen that have stood out. You know, we, we've kind of had a limited amount of time that us on the beat have had a chance to watch practice. I think it was 15 minutes on Thursday. It was 10 minutes today, which let me tell you, when you're trying to, you know, do attendance and kind of look oh around my gosh. where everybody is, I was like, oh, my God, it's already been like nine and a half minutes. Uh, but uh, two guys that so far, you know, in just what limited – ability we've gotten to see that have really stood out to me as far as the freshmen uh, would be Marvin Jones Jr., which, I mean, you knew coming in with the amount yes. uh, IP had as a recruit, uh, you know, the attention he got, and obviously how big of a win that was for Georgia. I've been really impressed watching him, especially watching him with Jadera Uzo-Daribe, the outside linebackers coach. Um, been very interested just to see, you know, Jadera, how he works with, especially those younger guys, him and, and Dara Smith as well. Um, seems like, you know, he's got a lot he's bringing to the table, you know, even being as young as he is. And then the other guy is Dylan Bell, a guy that Rusty has talked about a good bit uh, on our message board, looking at him at receiver. I've uh, seen him make a few plays just in the limited amount of time. Uh, yep. Gotten to watch these guys. And uh, those two guys, as far as the freshmen, have really stood out to me early on. Jordan, I'll say one thing about Dylan Bell and, and Kip. Kip, you know, we deal with this every day with, with rankings and questions and those times, and Kip will back me up on this. When when Dylan Bell was offered last June and Georgia worked him out, it was a no-brainer for them. So, I mean, I, here I am, their eval versus the industry's eval, the colleges aren't always right. But I'm telling you right now, everybody in that Buttsmere building that I talked to was on the same page about Dylan Bell. And here he is now in his first fall camp making some noise early on. Now, it's hard to get in that four or five rotation. You know, you get in these important games like Oregon, but tuck it away for Dylan Bell as the season goes on. You're talking about a guy 205-plus pounds, a uh, 6'1 frame that can go get it. And ball skills, uh, this guy this guy's going to help George, and I think he's going to help him some this year. I want to make sure before we get too deep into it, and I forget to do it, to mention to people that are listening, I, I've noticed a lot of the names on here I recognized uh, from our website, you know, guys, subscribers, guys that have followed our stuff, probably have done so for quite some time. Uh, but to make sure and tell people who are listening who are not already subscribed to Dogs 247, we're running a really good deal right now, 50% off an annual membership. It runs through tomorrow night at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. So I would encourage you guys, if, if you like what you've heard just in the first few minutes of this Twitter space, I'd hop on it because it's a really, really good deal. And this is the perfect time of year to get the deal to take advantage and subscribe with all the stuff we're hearing from fall camp. The opportunities we're going to interview some of the players in the next few weeks as I get ready for that game against Oregon, because obviously there's going to be a lot of attention paid to that game. Uh, naturally so with Georgia being the defending national champion. Um, but I would encourage you guys to go check out the site, make sure and sub subscribe, and, and take advantage of a really good opportunity. Uh, and so I say that, I want to turn it over and let Kip talk for a little bit. Just, again, this is sort of early impressions from what we've heard and what we've seen. 
gotten to see some of the talk on social media so far as far as fall camp. Kip, what are your thoughts so far on just what you've seen, what you've heard, uh, as Georgia's kind of just getting this thing started as they get closer and closer to September 3rd? The first thing that stands out to me is just the fact that it seems like it seems like Tate Ravage is pretty close to being back. And just the fact that, you know, Kirby Smart said that Tate Ravage was in a good spot. And obviously you've been able to uh, Jordan see Georgia out there line up at least a couple times with the offensive lineman. And, you know, he's right there with that first team right guard. That's kind of, you know, right where he was going to be heading, you know, going in and he's like you know he's ready to get right back into that same spot he was last year and obviously you saw the workout video I mean he is you know physically speaking that was never really a question mark he's one of those rare I mean just freaks there on the offensive line a guy that lives in the weight room but also just a guy that's a special blend of size and athleticism so I think for Georgia, you had to be excited. You, you knew that those guard positions were going to be one of the few question marks along this offensive line. The tackle spots, you know, those are pretty much locked down. You know who you got, center and Cedric Brand Brand. Uh, I think if you have Tate Rattledge in your starting lineup uh, when you go against Oregon, uh, you got to like how this offensive line is really going to play this year. Uh, and so you just look at that left guard spot, you know, can Devin look, step up and, and, and and be that guy at left guard, or you know, is that where Xavier Trust comes in and gives them some experience early on in the year? Or, you know, maybe if Dylan Fairchild or Warren Erickson steps up at that position. I think, you know, they're going to go with a lot of different looks. Obviously, it's the beginning of fall camp, but I think uh, you're a better football team if Tate Ratlich is on the football field for you. And I think right now, early on, it looks like, he, you know, he's back and healthy, and I think that's that's really good news for Georgia. I'll follow up with that in one second. I want to shout out the DGD podcast uh, recommended. Uh, I'll make uh, Rusty and Kip co-hosts. I think that'll help. Um, so just check in a second. You might see that pop up, guys. Uh, I'll do that. And then there was a point I was going to jump off of uh, what Kip just said. Let's give me one second, and I'll hop back right in. This is where things go off the rails. Yes, this is going to be the last supper right here. Um mm-hmm. You know, you see, um, you see Tate Rattledge. Is, you know, I've known a young man since eighth grade. I remember, remember him running routes as a tight end, and he had all aspirations of playing tight end in high school. And this was the end of his spring. I walked up and put my arm around him, and I said, "Tate, enjoy these last few reps, my man, because you will have your hand in the dirt for the rest of your life." So, uh, his tight end dreams got crushed at the end of his eighth grade year. I think it's working out pretty well for him. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a big human. I don't. I think. People see the hair and all those things but when you see tate rallage in person you're talking about you know close to six seven uh you know 330 pounds i mean and his hands are like i mean it's ridiculous how big he is in person and that was the biggest worry for me with an injury like that was a weight-bearing injury and how long that takes uh but it seems like everything that we continue all three of us continue to hear uh is tate is is, is doing very well and right now uh looks like he's be back in that guard position and you know just what a heartbreaking deal for him on the third play of the game last year against Clemson and and uh, I know he wanted to play that game people some people know this but like Tate Rallis and Brian Breesey are really really close like they are extremely close they talk a lot hang out sometimes together in the offseason so they were looking forward to going against each other and third rep of the game Tate gets hurt for the year yeah to a point that uh, Kip had hit on a few minutes ago that I was just going to follow up on 
one of the guys that I'm sort of the most interested in as far as the offensive lineman, at least through this first week, first week and a half that we'll get to see a fall camp, is Devin Willick because he was sort of the guy that at the end of spring, it was sort of hard to figure out how exactly he factored in. He started at right guard at G-Day, but, you know, sort of the, the those last few weeks of spring might have been really since the start of April. Uh, it was a situation uh, where Warren Erickson got hurt. So then you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, is Devin kind of in the mix out of necessity? Is he a guy that really, you know, could be a factor in this offensive line, the starting five? And at least through this early part of fall camp, I mean, it looks like he's got a legitimate uh, chance to start. You know, obviously we're going to see how this uh, plays out. You know, you've got other options. You know, Xavier Trust was a guy that played left guard uh, during the spring and then at G-Day as well. Could Amarius Mims kind of put himself back in there? But, yeah, just wanted to point that out that I thought, you know, having Devin uh, sort of in the mix, especially early on, very intrigued just to see how that kind of plays out over these next few weeks. Well, Ru Rusty and Kip, uh, if you guys have any other points that you really want to hit on, uh, let's have at it because I figure once we kind of do that, we can start start taking some questions, uh, get a chance to let people chime in and, and ask us what they want to hear. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I think uh, the inside linebacker position, uh, it's certain to, uh, you know, really intrigue me. We know, you know, what you have at the one spot a little bit with, Jamon Dumas Johnson, he kind of brings a little bit of experience, but but not a ton of experience. And so we kind of all you know him in as one starter into fall camp. But you know, here we are just uh, a couple practices in and Smile Munden is starting to get the praise, just the one Kirby Smart talked about. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart has seen and coached some pretty stellar linebackers over the last uh, you know, 10, 15 years and for him just to mention Smile and, and saying he hasn't really seen an athlete like him at the linebacker position, just, just looking at last year's team and the linebackers at Georgia lined up there between Quay Walker and Channing Tindall and obviously Nicobe Dean as well. But for him to kind of speak uh, like that about Smile Mind and Kirby doesn't usually waste his compliments. And it's always just one of those things where you, you kind of, uh, you're, you know, you want to pay attention whenever he says things like that. So it's really interesting. Obviously, Smile Munden being, you know, a former highly rated linebacker, uh, just, you know, the depth last year, you kind of have to, you know, earn your role in, in special teams and then, you know, get gain some experience where you can. And then, you know, Tresman Marshall, a guy that, uh, you know, we've been waiting to see the healthy version of Tresman Marshall because he's an outstanding, uh, you know, package of athleticism and just that downhill hard-hitting style that he brings to the table as well. Obviously, true freshman, uh, you know, Jalen Walker is a guy that uh, Rusty's talked about multiple times as being that guy. Just you want to look at this class three years from now and, you know, maybe who's the best overall prospect in, in Georgia's class. And I think that, you know, Jalen Walker was one of those guys where, uh, you know, you want to you want to watch his trajectory because he's once he, you know, gets that role, you know, he might not give it away. He might, you know, he might give it up. He might be a multi-starter. I think they're probably already, you know, they're already finding ways to get him involved. And whether that's similar to what they they did with Channing Tindall and Quay Walker early on where he kind of helps them out as, as a rusher on third down, uh, you know, just to give them different looks utilizing his speed and everything but i just think overall he's kind of got that 
uh, the total package. And I think that, you know, the young leadership at that position is going to be interesting to watch because, again, the Kirby Dean was, you know, he was kind of the quarterback of that defense, making sure everyone was was lined up for it. So you really want to make, to make sure that you kind of have that at this position group and these guys are a little bit younger. So that's something we're kind of watching is fall camp. Who's going to step up and be that guy? Honestly, I think, uh, you know, Walker's one of those guys that could probably – uh, step into that role pretty early on in his career. Yeah, Walker was a guy that was really impressive at G-Day. And, and also, too, Tresman Marshall, an older guy that you had talked about, Kip, you know, had a big pick in that G-Day game. Uh, you know, a very interesting, you know, situation at inside linebacker, inside linebacker because it looks like they have the options. Um, they have plenty of options. It's just a matter of figuring out who fits best and, and is ready to take on those roles. Yeah, I agree. I think Trezor Marshall is a guy that will, will start for Georgia, but I think they're I think they're deep with athleticism. They're they're not very deep with experience, and that just comes and and you know to lose the three guys that they did, uh, they played a ton of snaps, situational things, and uh, you know I just think with Georgia at inside linebacker, they've got guys, and they're going to get better, and they're going to be a lot better with this class that that are verbal commits right now, uh, you know, walk in that do- room at some point in January and next June because, you know, in my personal opinion, Raylan Wilson's the number one inside linebacker in the country. And just because of the things he can do, speed, verified size, age, he's still 16 years old as a senior. So I think he's got a tremendous amount of ceiling left in him. So, you know, you start looking at what Glenn Schumann's done, uh, a, lot of, a lot of snaps there to feel, uh, but they've got athletic bodies and they know what they look for. And if there's one guy right now you want to trust his evals and what he's done, uh, you look at Glenn Schumann. And, and behind the scenes on this year, there was at least five, at least five very highly rated guys that wanted to be in this class. Georgia took three. Um, and I'm telling you, that those three guys, they, they, were, they were sky high on from the start. No doubt about it. There's uh, plenty of talent that's been at that position and obviously more coming, like Rusty said. Um, well, I think at this point, I mean, we've kind of hit on where we feel like things are with fall camp. I kind of want to turn it over to people. If you guys have questions for the three of us, by all means, uh, let us know if you want to talk, uh, raise your hand or, or uh, request to speak. I will go ahead and warn everybody. I'll, I'll let people uh, stay on and, and be able to speak. And, and if you have follow-up questions, we'll try to get to those. But we'll try to fire through as many people as we can, uh, just give everybody an opportunity to talk. All right, we are going to start with Martin Pierce, and I'm going to put him on here, and let's see what he's got to say. All right, Martin, I think you're on here. Can can you hear us? Can, hey, hey, everyone, how are y'all doing? Doing good. Martin. Hey, I just uh, wanted to ask about the um, the running back position and what we think it might look like this year, what the rotation might look like. Well, I mean, obviously, for me, this is Rusty. Uh, you know, obviously, it starts with McIntosh and, and, and Milton. Those two guys are experienced and, and been in some big games. Obviously, McIntosh is a guy that's played a, a, a lot of reps, and he's a very versatile guy. The, the, with, with Georgia and Dell McGee, you see a lot of rotation. And, again, I talked to a lot of recruits, and that's something that Dell McGee says. You know, look, we're, gonna, we're not going to run the life out of you here. We're going to share this thing and get you ready to develop you and get you on to the NFL. So, you know, the, 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 the running back three, you know, you look at Dejon Edwards, a guy that's Coquit County has been here for a while. 
will he jump in the fold there? Does Branson Robinson, does he, you know, as a freshman step in there, maybe get some minutes? So those types of things to me tend to play out as the season goes on, because one thing uh, on in Georgia's offense, you've got to be able to pass block. And I don't care who, how good you are. If you're Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, what, whoever you are early on, you're not going to play until they're confident that you're going to pick up the right guy. Uh, you got to be in communication with the offensive line. You got to know who's got that Mike backer, the A gap, who's coming off the edge, and those types of things. So, in my experience, these guys are ready to run on the collegiate level. I mean, these are freak athletes, these guys, but you have to be able to mentally handle the packages and the blitz package and pick up coverage like that. Uh, protect a quarterbacker that that's the quickest thing to get you on the field into a rotation as deep as Georgia I mean I think to Rusty's point you look at the experience uh, that Georgia has coming back in, in McIntosh and Milton you have to feel like uh, uh, obviously they're going to be stepping up into bigger roles with Zamir White and James Cook moving on but um, plenty to be excited about as far as that goes and I feel like this is going to be a really big camp for those two freshmen Branson Robinson and Andrew Paul, I had a chance just to watch a little bit of Branson. I think that would have been on Thursday. And, you know, he, he looks the part, but obviously he's got a lot to learn. And like Rusty said, be able to train pass pro and things like that. Um, Kip, any additional thoughts on running backs or, or anything else on there? Yeah, I just, I'm intrigued to see what role they, they find for, you know, for Dejon Everts. Uh, I think he's a guy that, has run hard whenever he's been in the game. Um, but, you know, so far in his career, most most, most of his playing time has been kind of later in the game. The game's kind of been in hand. He's, you know, at, at this point going into camp, you know, you got the two freshmen coming in, but there's an opportunity for him to kind of carve out more of a, you know, an earlier uh, game time role. And it's just up to him and also up to Del McGee and the coaching staff to see, kind of where he fits in best because obviously he's been productive when he's been on the field. Uh, I think he's averaged over five yards to carry so far and over five yards to touch overall. He, he adds a little bit as well. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, so, you know, what kind of role does he, does he get in there and, and does he, you know, kind of lose carries to the freshman toward the end of the year? He's going to have to, you know, make sure he can earn the trust of the coaching staff to – to be one of those guys that can, uh, you know, car make some plays early in the game. I think he's definitely a guy that isn't being talked about a lot because everyone wants to see, you know, what can Kendall Melton do whenever, you know, he's he's in that main rotation and he's healthy. Uh, Kenny McIntosh obviously made a, a ton of plays. Probably, you know, George's best pure running back can make guys miss. Uh, so, you know, where does that leave Dejon? So I think it's, it's, it's you know, this is going to be a big camp for him just to kind of make sure he can uh, carve himself out a role and, and earn an opportunity to make some plays because they're going to need him this year. Uh, Barton, any other questions while we got you up as speaker? Um, other than that, um, what's the probability George is going to throw out four tight ends in an offensive formation? <laughs> but that's kind of a joke, but, you know, yeah. for that loaded at tight end, that you feel like we could throw out four guys and really screw up some people's defensive plans. Martin won that 14 formation to be popular yeah, this year. Yeah. He wants to see it. Uh, yeah. It's definitely, I mean, you have some guys, that's a good problem for Todd Munkin to have. I think, uh, you know, there's going to be times that they ha definitely they're going to use three of them. They used three of them, as, you know, as, as much as any team in the country last year. 
uh, you know, you, you don't want to take away the the ability, uh, you know, for that for that safety to to kind of cheat on you. So you putting putting those four guys in the field are they're definitely physical mismatches. You still want to have that wide receiver presence so well and rotate those guys in and, and have some guys that can maybe uh you know keep them honest and and keep them afraid of of getting beat over the top. But you know what? If if there's a team that can do it, it's definitely Georgia. It's just all about you know. What you know? What looks can result in the most ex, you know potential for explosives? You know they want to they want to continue to improve in that area and be explosive down the field. I think that's something that you know Kirby Smart likes to always brush back against when talking about Georgia's offense. You know when will it be modern offense? When will they start you know uh, spreading the ball out and putting points on the field uh, on the board? Uh, they did it as well as any program in the country last year. I think Todd's just going to maximize what what he has on the roster and, and try to see you know, who, who gives him the, the best opportunity to, to put points on the board. So will it be four tight ends at the same time? I, there might be a snap or two where they do something like that, but but I think just rotating and keeping those guys healthy uh, is probably Georgia's best bet because nobody has a, you know that position group like Georgia has. You want to be able to keep those guys fresh toward the end of the season as well. All right, we're going to go to Bank, so give me one second, and I'll bring him up to ask a question. Let's see. We should have Bank on here. Can Are you good there? Yes, sir. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Kip. Thank you, Rusty. Um, just one question. Seeing how it seems like the younger players are progressing at a rapid pace, I don't think I've seen that since I've been a fan. Like, hell, I know they're all skilled and athletic, but it seems like they're developing, like, faster than usual, like they're ahead of schedule. And that, and that leads me to ask, like, with Deribe, Fran Brown, Stacey Searles, and, and BMAC, is this the best group of coaches Kirby's had since he's been there as far as teaching and, like, instructing? I'll, I'll answer the development and, and what – and, Banks, this is Rusty. What I see, these kids training around now, so they're so ready to go to college. They're so ready to play early. Uh, I had a coach tell me, I had a coach tell me, assistant coach tell me a couple years ago, it might have been five years ago now, but he told me that the players from the state of Georgia, I'll just say the players from the state of Georgia specifically, uh, are so ready to play in college because of the high school coaching they get, the nutrition they get, those types of things. So these kids are coming in in January, and if you think about it, they've been there since like January the 10th. Most of these kids, most of these freshmen, uh, these guys have had an entire offseason in, in the weight room and those types of things. So um you know they they have um they're they're ready to play it's just the mental part now i will say this and and it doesn't matter who it is they're going to hit a wall in a couple of weeks because they have never practiced this long without playing a game in high school these kids are playing a high school game if you they're they're having games this week and next week georgia won't play a game until labor day weekend so they're going to hit that wall and they call it the freshman walls so we'll see who can push through that uh, a little bit, and that t- that's the next step for these young guys. But I'll answer one quick question as far as the um, the the assistant coaches. You know, every year there's going to be turnover, and I get all these questions, but I'll say this, and I've said this from day one. If you're hiring the right people, you're going to lose them because they're getting promoted, and that is what has made Kirby Smart successful early on. Has every hire been a home run? Absolutely not. Would there be some he would do over? I guarantee there would. But the majority, and especially those initial hires, the, the Sam Pittmans and the Mel Tuckers and, and all those guys, think about Glenn Schumann. 
Think about the dice that Kirby Smart rolled on a guy that was 26 years old that never played a snap of college football. He never played a snap of college football. Is there a better recruiter and developer right now in the country than Glenn Schumann in his position? I would argue no. I mean, his facts are what he's putting in the what he's putting. He was getting killed on the recruiting trail, negative recruiting about never playing college football. Those days are done. So with coaching, I think Kirby Smart continues to make the right hires and keeps his he keeps that staff the way he wants it. Uh, but the one thing about Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, any of these schools, when a job comes open, everybody is fighting to get there because of these programs. If you put those programs on your resume, you got a chance to go a different level. Look at Buster Faulkner. Buster Faulkner was an offensive coordinator at Southern Miss and had a hell of a year, a hell of a year. He couldn't get an interview. He couldn't get an interview to get a promotion. So Buster Faulkner came to Georgia. He's off the field now trying to get himself prepared for his next set in life, uh, the next stage for him. But uh, I, I wouldn't worry so much about where Georgia is. I think Kirby Smart has shown he makes great hires. And, again, there'll probably be some turnover again at some point. Uh, if you're hiring the right people, those guys will get promoted. Yeah, I'm going to make sure we can go along and, and get to the people who have uh, raised their hands to ask questions. So when I bring you up, uh, if you have more than one question, just try to hit us with it uh, off the top, just because I want to be mindful of everybody's time and let everybody have a chance to ask a question. Uh, so I'm going to bring up Chris Smith here in one second, and we'll get Chris's question. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We got you, Chris. What's up? Hey, um, I just had a quick question about the secondary. Um, William Poole, I know I hear a lot of talk about a lot of the other players in the secondary, but William Poole, I believe he's going in his sixth year, I believe this year, sixth year. Um, he had three starts, I believe, in 2020. Or Yeah, 2020 had the three starts, and it seems like he's performed well every time he plays. But it seems like Taiki and other players are being mentioned a lot more than William Poole, and I, I really do think that's sort of his position to lose at this point. Chris, I agree with you right now. William Poole, I'll say starts at star. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I do. I think I think William Poole, you know, this young man from Hateville Charter, a guy I covered out of high school, covered him since he was 10th grade. Here's the thing about William Poole. He's not a burner. Okay, so that's the first thing. You look at Alabama and the championship game, and they went after him. But the second time, when they needed him the most, he made two hellacious plays. So William Poole has length, he's tough, and he's smart. So there's that's the advantages to having someone like William Poole, obviously, um, and he's got length against the run. Run, and I think when you look at him, um, he, you know, Georgia made a Georgia obviously made that switch, thinking long term from Brini to William Poole, and they made it late in the year. But they anticipated, I'm sure, playing Alabama and knowing what they knew and going against at that time, Jamison Williams, Mechie, and all those other guys. Uh, but, you, I mean, I think William will tell you they came after him a good bit in that SEC championship game. But the second time around, and especially that third down in fourth quarter, when he undercuts that little dig route, and that is that is that is a very underrated play in that national championship game because Georgia got the ball back and ultimately had the touchdown to, to put the game away. But William Poole, I agree with you, uh, Chris. I think right now he is the guy at star position right now. We'll see if he holds on to that. But I think he's got the confidence level of UJ staff in my opinion. And I, I was really struck. I, I just want to throw in there, Chris, talking in this spring after having gone through all that, after having, you know, the rough go of it in the SEC championship game, he was asked at one point, again, this was during the spring, uh, basically, did anybody come to him and say, you know, look, don't worry about your job or, you know, that we still trust you. And I mean, he basically said he just understood that he had to go back to work. I mean, whether, anyone lost confidence in him or not, you know, was sort of beside the point. He knew that he needed to just do what he needed to do what he had been doing at practice and, and prove that, you know, he was up for the challenge. And, and obviously he was, I mean, I think that's a, a big credit to him for coming off a really tough situation. I'm sure, you know, no one on that team came out of that SEC championship game feeling good, knowing that was a sort of the same situation all over again. Um, but a lot of credit to him for how he bounced back in that title game and, and had the success that he had. Yeah, yeah. I guess a follow-up question to that would be then, with Ty Key coming back and probably being healthy, um, and with the young corners on the other side, I know in the spring they had Will playing at corner. Um, so could it be possible? I know Chris is important to the back end of the defense, but would it be possible to move him to nickel and put Taiki at safety? Well, first off, you got to get Taiki healthy. 
I think that's the key there. You're talking about where you're going to use a guy. He's, he's, I would say, you know, he's behind the eight ball. He's behind a couple of guys at, at the star position. And Javon Bullard would be that guy, the next guy, the next man up. And I think they're going to use him in some situations just because of how strong a tackler he is. But Tyke, it's going to be about finding that role for him. I think it's, he's just the guy that gives you, you know, that the coverage ability to kind of move him around. I think there's, there's some situations where, yeah, he's outside. And, you know, covering a guy uh, one-on-one man when they need him to. But he's also going to be a guy when they need a coverage, uh, another guy in, in the dime package, which they're going to run. They run a lot. He's, he could be that dime guy as well for them. But uh, as far as, you know, I think William Poole is in a good spot right now in, in his role. And the, you mentioned the fact that he helped out at, at corner a little bit earlier, you know, during the spring. That that's what he brings to the table, though. He brings that cornerback. You know, he's got history of playing there. He played that in high school for Hayfield Charter. So he's a guy that that can definitely help them at cornerback if if some of the young guys, you know, are, are going through some growing pains. But that's to be expected. I think you just gotta know that you have a guy like Dale and Everett out there. If it's Shaheem Singletary, if it's Julian Humphrey, if it's Nylon Green. Uh, these guys are going to get burned on a couple of plays because, I mean, that's just that's just part of it. And we saw that in the past. We saw it with Tyson Campbell. We saw it with Eric Stokes. Uh, the, the, you know, when you're a young corner in the SEC or if you're a freshman corner in the SEC, uh, you're going to get scored on. It's going to happen. So I think it, it's important just to, to let it happen and not maybe make a move just, uh, you know, just to make a move, to switch something up. But I think toward the end of the season, if you still need help back there, I think William Poole is definitely a guy that can help you in multiple positions in the secondary. That's that value that he brings, having that experience. Like Rusty's saying, being that six-year guy, uh, I think he definitely showed that, you know, his arc last season was very uh, intriguing because, you know, not playing early in the year, coming in, uh, stepping right in in, in that SC championship game, but then coming back when they needed them both in that national championship game. It's, you know, that's something that he now has, he you know, for that confidence level to know that, you know, regardless of the situation, he can step into whatever role they ask him to and play at a high level. There's two guys in that room, that secondary room, that are different than everybody else, and that's Keely Ringo and Malachi Starks. Both of them are huge, jump freak athletes with speed that, that just doesn't happen in their body size. Now, Malachi Starks is in his first fall camp. Will a, when will the light cut on for him? That's to be determined. But he's a guy that before this season's over will probably factor into a lot of how this safety stuff is moved around because they don't have a guy that big and that fast and that athletic. I mean, he is off – the charts athletic. He is learning a position that he's having to learn to play. He he was out some in the spring, so the summer he got to play some as the spring went on. Uh, but you know this fall camp is important to him. But when, when you put that room and you lined all those guys up, and there's a lot of high level athletes, but you start talking about ten three hundreds and twenty four nine long jumpers, Keely Ringo and Malachi Starks are two guys that are different. I'll be interested to see where we are at the end of the year with those two type of players. Uh, just to mention Malachi before I go to the next question, got to see uh, Will Muschamp kind of coaching him up in today's practice. And, you know, ha- Coach uh, Coach M- Coach Muschamp had a few chores for him. But, hey, he's <laughs> learning a new position. No, not Will. Yeah, that doesn't sound like him at all, does it? 
All right, we're going to bring up a guy. I want to shout out Michael Dudley, a guy who I feel like every time we put up a story on Twitter, man, he's all over it. So we're going to add him and let him ask a question. All right, Michael, you should be on here if you're able to ask a question. Oh, hey, guys. Can you hear me? What's up, Michael? Hey, Michael. Hey, um, I just had a quick question as far as like with um, like, my, like with uh, Michael and MJJ seeming to be showing who they are in practice like what what like how is like mj sherman and shamless uh how are they getting like pushed by those uh those freshmen uh for me that that'll be it'll be a big fall for those guys because um after spending time with michael and and, and marvin jones jr in, in san antonio and again i've been doing that now for six seven years there was really no recruiting stories out there i go specifically to watch those kids compete against the best. And, you know, I would say Michael was the top player out there, in my opinion. And if Marvin Jones wasn't in the top three or four or five out there, I'd be surprised. And uh, this is a guy that can bend. He's got length. So, again, it takes time now. That's experience. Uh, Chaz Chambliss is a guy that, you know, you don't get a lot of buzz about, but everybody I talk to there raves about him. They're going to find a way to use Chaz Chambliss in some ways. Uh, he's going to play all special teams. He's going to be in on some pass rush downs. Uh, this is a big one for MJ Sherman. This is a young man uh, that I got to know very well during the recruiting process. Um, actually went to Washington, D.C. to film his commitment video and, and met his family and uh, just the depth of them and, and just how tight they are, what type of people they are. So, you know, MJ went through a pretty rough knee injury. And you come here and you're behind these guys and you kind of get lost in the shuffle. And then all of a sudden you got another five-star that comes in as a freshman in behind you. So when you look at MJ Sherman, it's a guy that Georgia staff was on hard from the start. He had a torn ACL, um, pretty deep deal there. Got it, got him back to where he is. So this is a big fall for him. How much is he going to factor into it? Uh, the one thing about MJ, he is a tremendous kid. Um, he loves the University of Georgia. And he, he's going to give it everything he's got right here. But this is an important fall for him uh, to see where he is because that room was stacked in front of him, and now it's starting to get stacked behind him. So what we're, he'll determine his role. He is going to play for Georgia this year. How much? Well, the next couple of weeks, in my opinion, will determine where he is. Uh, but I have uh, Marvin Jones Jr. and, and Michael Williams to me. Um, by the end of the year, we'll definitely be playing what I always term meaningful minutes. I mean, those guys, uh, when you get guys like that, you, you would anticipate those guys being three and out, and and you want to get the, everything you can out of them. You want to bring them along at a pace. Those guys have been there since January, like I said, and Marvin came in in the summer here. So uh, you want to get these guys ready to go and, and uh, get everything you can out of them and get them developed and get them on to, to Sunday football. I want to shout out before we go to the next person asking a question. Axdog27 DM me and said, basically, hey, man, I'm at work, so I can't ask a question. <laughs> but, uh, but I was going to throw in their question about Marcus Washington and just sort of a question about him. Today, as we got to watch, we only got to see individuals. Um, he was with the safeties and the nickels. And, uh, you know, I think it's a situation Rusty, you can chime in as well. I mean, he's basically getting – you know, a, a year's worth of a head start. So I could understand, yeah. especially at this point, fall camp, you know, he, Marcus came in uh, as a summer enrollee, uh, you know, trying to maybe look at him at a few different spots as a secondary member um, and, and just see where he fits best because, you know, it seems it'd be a very 
uh, precarious situation to see him playing again. He was supposed to be a high school senior. He reclassifies to join Georgia early. But, yeah, you know, had a chance to watch him a little bit today working uh, with that safety and nickel group. Uh, to me, it just seems like an opportunity for them to to just see where he fits best as they look down the line as far as his future. In 2021, we tested over 1,200 kids, I believe, at MVP camps, and we did laser testing for the year. I think we had less than eight or nine kids that ran below four five laser. Marcus Washington was run one of them. He ran four four seven and I think four four eight at McEachern at a camp. He was six one and a quarter, like one seventy one. Today, so you're talking about the end of his sophomore year, uh, but that tells you the length. Again, we talk about length all the time. Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, Fran, no matter who it is, Georgia covets length. Uh, and, and, their, and their DB guys. And you start talking about a guy that was one of the fastest 1,200 players that we personally tested on laser. Um, you know, again, it might be asking a lot of him to play this year. But as you look down the road, I mean, I, I fully expect Marcus Washington to be an important piece of this team and uh, as he goes on. and But, uh, you know, that natural athletic ability is there. And this is the kid, obviously, with Georgia ties and when Georgia offered. I know everybody tried to jump in there, but it, it was over. He was going to be a bulldog. We'll knock out these next three questions and then uh, wrap this up. Make sure we uh, have everybody covered who wanted to ask a question. Uh, we're going to go with Jerry Welch. I'm going to bring him up real quick. Okay. Uh, I appreciate y'all letting me uh, ask a question. I love y'all guys, especially uh, Kip. I like listening to you, uh, watching your uh, TV recommendations on the message board. That's uh, it's pretty cool. I've watched a few shows you've uh, recommended. But uh, anyways, my question is, um, the one thing that scares me on the defense this year is uh, the nose tackle. We've had, we had Jordan Davis the last few years. We got Jarrett coming in next year, but Who's that big honking 340-pound guy that stops up the run for us this year? I know we're using Zon and Leon, but he's like only like 300 pounds. Uh, kind of scares me there. I just wonder what y'all guys' thoughts on that was. Well, Zion Logue is a big dude. Now, there's not a Jordan Davis down there. I mean, I can tell you that right now. There's not a Jordan Davis walking around, but it doesn't mean there's not good players. Uh, Zion Logue's a guy that's been playing, you know, Georgia recruited him specifically to play inside there. Um, be curious about Bear Alexander, how he does. But, uh, you know, just my opinion right now where they are, uh, obviously Jamal Jarrett's a guy that they have went after and a couple other guys still in on. But, uh, you know, Kip may have more there because uh, Kip's on the TV. On the TV, he's our TV guy right here for sure. Uh, I read those two from Kip. So, Kip, you got anything else on that position you think? Well, I, I think you, you you mentioned Bear, but also just, you know, Zion Logue kind of gives them a little bit of uh, maybe a guy that, that can, you know, play th three downs and, 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 and play more snaps. So I think the rotation is going to change a little bit. You know, you, you had Jalen Carter playing those next year. It's not always going to be that Jordan Davis type. You always try to find those guys, but there are few and far between. And, you know, they had to work with Jordan to kind of get him to that level to where he was giving them. 20, 25 snaps of just elite football. And, you know, it's, there's a reason why you don't see those guys go in the first round, let alone the, the first 15 picks. So I just think he was a special player. But 
you know, Georgia's defense is, you know, they've had some other type nose tackles in the past that have done really well. I think the rotational kind of allow them to, to get some different looks, whether it's Zion, whether it's Nazir Stackhouse, you know, you know, he's a guy that gives them some explosive potential plays from that position. And then, yeah, seeing where, where Bear Alexander is, uh, you know, like Rusty said, I think halfway through the season, you started to see Jordan Davis as a freshman kind of uh, really, you know, get into that groove and, and figure out this is what it's like playing SEC football. They're going to, you know, Bear Alexander has that opportunity, but, uh, you know, it, it's a lot to ask a true freshman. It doesn't happen that often. So I just think this camp's going to be big. That, that's one of those big question marks of them trying to replace all these guys on defense. And, and obviously, you know, they're re- they've recruited at such a high level, I think, you know, some of these guys are going to have an opportunity to step up and be that next player. I mean, even shown Washington, Washington, just seeing the, the photos of him, just the transformation he's already had in his body since he came out of high school. When Whenever he committed, he was just one of those guys where, you know, maybe Georgia stole one there. You know, that was kind of a sleeper, a sleeper addition uh, to the to this last class. And I think, you know, two, three years, he might be one of those guys you look back and go, Trey Scott got him another one. And it's just, you know, just just from seeing the progress he's already made physically, I think that there's a lot of upside there from him at that position for Georgia. Yeah, you mentioned Bear Alexander, a guy that, you know, is kind of playing catch up as far as when the summer came along, had a surgery before the spring, so didn't have a chance to participate then. But, you know, seeing those photos that uh, he had shared on social media, you can tell he's taking steps in the right direction as far as getting into that conditioning that it's going to take to play at this level and he's obviously going to be somebody we're very intrigued to to see what he does uh, this season and going forward um, so we're going to bring up the next person with the question all the dogs who got to shout him out shout him or her out uh, they've got uh, Stetson with the fade as the profile picture you can't help but uh, but love to see that so gonna pull that pull them up real quick let them ask a question Gotta love that Stetson fade picture. My question is, uh, you know, Kirby's been pretty keen on going with a punt returner. That's a safe catch type of guy. What are the odds we go with someone like Lad McConkey this year? Someone with an explosive first step that can make guys miss, who's also extremely sure-handed. I would have a hard time believing it's not going to be Karis Jackson, uh, but I think Lad McConkey's a guy you could probably see there doing that. Um, you know, it just it seems to me uh, that Georgia's like, let's just don't turn this thing over. Let's get the ball. You know, they, they've been very successful blocking kicks, blocking punts, um, you know, under Kirby Smart. But the punt return to the situation since Miko Harmon, uh, you kind of – I'm kind of with you there. You want to see maybe a game changer right there. But I think Karis Jackson, obviously explosive. I mean, he's a kid that, you know, in the 100 in high school, I mean, he can, he was sub, he was sub 10 7. So, I mean, just if he's healthy, those types of guys, Dominic Blaylock's another guy. So, you know, Lad is short area suddenness when you talk about him. I mean, I don't know what he runs 40, but his first step and his, you know, how he get into fifth gear, I, I sort of say with him is, is what surprises people the most and how he gets on top of some of the, the teams he's played. You look at the little tunnel screen he caught against Bama and, you know, he took that to the house in SEC championship game, but he got, he split some defenders and he was gone. But uh, in my opinion, just my opinion, I think Harris Jackson is going to be the guy, maybe, maybe some Dom Blaylock as well. 
Yeah, and, and talking to Kiris, this was something I had sort of uh, written about uh, and, and asked Kirby about uh, at the start of fall camp. You know, Kiris had talked about he didn't feel like he's lived up to his potential at Georgia, which, I mean, I, I feel like is, is not truly fair, but obviously that speaks to how he feels and, and obviously he wants to accomplish a lot. To me, it seems uh, pretty natural that Kiris would be that punt returner, and obviously we will see. Uh, how that plays out. Uh, I think we only got time for one more question. Uh, we're going to go to P. Rich. I know he has been in the uh, in the waiting line, uh, so we'll go to him and let him ask a question. All right, P. Rich, what you got? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I want to say, by the way, uh, Jordan, you're doing a great job, man. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah we got you, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah, keep going with that. I'm doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you really is, man, with all the notes and everything. We appreciate it. I, I the, the last guy kind of stole my question. I was going to ask about the run defense. That's one of the things that kind of scared me. Um, I know we got Zion Logue in the middle. Uh, Bear, I know he's coming off with a shoulder injury. But what other guys besides Nazir do you guys see filling that nose tackle position that can kind of clog up the middle? Well, I, you know, I, yeah, again, I think we answered that, but – you know, there's scheme things you do there. and Certainly a lot of attention is going to be on Jalen Carter and where he is on every single play. Uh, if you guys listen to our podcast, we talked about, you know, other guys going to step up around him because he's going to he's going to get two guys on him at all times. So, um, you know, other guys around him, especially that nose guard, uh, you know, we talked about it's not nose guard, but you want to talk about a D lineman. We haven't talked enough about Ty Ingram Dawkins. I think that's the guy that's going to fit a big role as a five technique. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, you got to be realistic when you look at this thing and what Georgia lost. And I, and I tell people the last couple of days, you go back and look at this Georgia defense in five years and go, those guys were together. That team was on one field. I mean, there's some guys that's about to do some damage in the NFL. You're just you're seeing it early on, but the, the, these guys were extremely talented. Now, these guys they got coming in are really, really good football players. They're just inexperienced, and we're going to be learning with you as well. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't think it's going to be a huge drop-off, but it's unrealistic to say Georgia's going to be where they were with that group last year defensively right now uh, because it was it was super freaks out there, and, you, and it was the right mix of leaders and guys. I mean, you should hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff from Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis and, and you know I'm hearing some of that stuff out of Nolan Smith I mean Nolan Smith is challenging people in practice and he is he is very very vocal about it uh the, so you know I, I think there's going to be some growing pains um but but I think Georgia's got uh, you know their this roster's built uh, under Kirby Smart this is 85 guys that they have they have recruited themselves um so I, I think it's going to be okay but to say that you know who's the next Jordan Davis right now would be unfair but I think Zion Logue is truly capable of doing what Kirby Smart and those guys want him to do, uh, to control that gap and to keep those guys off those backers and, and let those guys do the work behind them. So, uh, you know, it's it's mix, mix and match there with worries. Josh Pate just texted us, if we don't get off in the next two minutes, everybody on this space is going to run two laps, by the way. So, uh, but uh, I'll let Kip uh, follow up on that too as we end up here. Yeah, let's just wrap it up. I think uh, Warren Brinson is also another guy. Yes. Warren Brinson and Nazir Stackhouse are just guys that give them experience. I mean, they have a nose tackle and defense tackle. They've got a two deeper juniors. And I, I just think that, you know, they're going to lean on that early on in the season. 
the guy, the younger guys that we talked about, the Barrel Alexander, the Sean Washington, uh, those guys are going to gain some experience uh, potentially later in the games early on. Uh, and lean on your 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 experienced guys early in the season. Let these guys get their feet wet and, and then kind of set them loose later in the year. I think we're going to see a lot of that from this Georgia defense and some of these young, you know, really, really athletic guys uh, just learn what it takes to, to win a snap to snap in the SEC. Well, we'll wrap it up uh, there. Uh, as we said, we don't want to get uh, Josh Pate mad at us. We got to kind of share the love. But again, appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate again Rusty and Kip taking the time to hop on here with us, answer some questions. Again, I want to remind you guys who are listening and watching, uh, tuning in with us that we've got a deal right now 50% off uh, on the website, Dogs247. Fall camp deal that's going to run out 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on monday night so take advantage of that while you can well we're gonna get out of here appreciate everybody listening appreciate again uh, kip and rusty hopping on appreciate all the board members who jumped on here and had a chance to listen and saw a few different people in there i was interested in seeing everybody who was tuning in and, and listening to what we had to say so i uh, appreciate you guys uh, make sure and, and let us know what are the questions you got you know we got uh, on here and uh, obviously you can reach us on twitter and on the message board so we're gonna close it out there appreciate everybody for tuning in and uh, hey we'll see if we got any more twitter spaces down the road Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.